0: Hey everybody, it's Heather here. I just wanted to let you know that this episode has kind of a long bantering session between me and mom, so if you aren't a fan of that and you want to skip straight to the meat and potatoes of the case, go ahead and skip forward to the 19 minute and 26 second uh, section of the show. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this week's episode of Northern Nightmares. Hello, 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 listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Northern Nightmares. Hello. We're so glad you guys keep returning. <laughs> I think I say different variations of that every week, but it we every should. week, it <laughs> remains true. So I just wanted to thank you guys for being here. Um, how have you been doing, Mother? I have been doing spectacular. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What's been going on?
1: Well, it was just a good weekend. It's the weather is just... I can't even...
0: Here we are talking you know, about the weather. the weather. I know, but its
1: its it almost makes me want to take back all the bad stuff I said about this winter, but I don't
0: because it almost makes up for it, but I don't know if it makes up for it. I think that there's a word for that. I think that there's a word for Alaskans romanticizing the winter because of how nice the summer is. Summer is.
1: I, I do, too, but I don't know what that word is, but I, you've hit the nail um, on the head.
0: Silver lining. What yeah. is it? Like, rose-rimmed glasses, right. it's probably something to do with the arctic sun, I don't even know, mm. like the terminology. <laughs> we are have to figure that out for yeah. next week.
1: <laughs> we are into June, we are getting close to our summer solstice, which I hate because we start losing daylight, mm-hmm. even though it's the first day of summer, so um, it, that makes me a little sad, but... I got my garden planted. I'm getting all my flowers planted. It's kind of like now it's almost to the point where I just water and watch it grow. That's mm-hmm. about the point I'm at. I'm mm-hmm. almost, almost there. It's exciting to be at that point. Yeah. Although it takes me, guess how long it takes me to water everything. When I go out and water everything, guess how much, it, how long it takes me? Well,
0: you told me this morning what it took you. Is that about average? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to say an hour and a half. An hour and a half. <laughs> To water everything. have to water flowers. Do you know how long it takes me? Ten minutes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Correct. So a little crazy. We're getting ready to go and on. You just put another planter box on, Mom. What are you doing? I have so many flowers. <laughs> I've made these big Planter boxes, raised beds. I have the raised beds in my garden. I have raised beds for my flowers in front of the house. And I had this raised bed. It was along the back of, like, the backside of the greenhouse. And it was, when I put it in, it was for strawberries. Mm -hmm. However, right there underneath the greenhouse didn't get very much sun. And so my strawberries didn't do do very well there. So last year, I left it empty. It was just full of dirt sitting there. This winter, it kind of got used as storage for more wood for more boxes that I had inherited from a friend that moved out of state. Mm -hmm. So I got to move all that out. And then um, I got this idea that I wanted... Flower box to be a flower box, and I wanted it to be <laughs> along the patio where my hot tub is gonna go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hot tub that broke over the winter, we yeah. finally got rid of. We put it free on Craigslist or on mm-hmm. Facebook, and it was gone in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So um, that's gone. I am waiting for another hot tub, so I put it right. <laughs> right along where the front where the front of the hot tub is gonna be mm-hmm. the kind of butt up to it and it's full of gladiolas <laughs> and it's full of pansies and petunias and it's gonna be
0: beautiful mm, well i just
1: have an empty patio right now <laughs>
0: but well, 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 well. so i don't even know what to say i <laughs> still
1: have flowers. i still have probably 15 to 20 gladiolas to plant and a flat (laughs) of petunias and pansies well you know i planted and i've chosen gladiolas as like my centerpiece of flowers i started them last year was the first year i planted them and they they're so easy Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful and I love the cut flowers in the house. I can do a huge bouquet of mm-hmm. gladiolas more than one now because I have I've quadrupled how many I planted last year. <laughs> and they were my grandmother's favorite flower and she passed away in 2020. And I have so many memories, even as a little, little girl, of her, pet- uh, her petunia, her gladiola patch mm-hmm. in the garden. And she always had gladiola cuttings in her house. It looked like a funeral home. And she <laughs> joked about that frequently, that it was her little funeral home of gladiolas. <laughs> and they're just, they're my... They have become my favorite flower. They're pretty beautiful. And they're beautiful, and I love them. So I have memories of my grandmother, and that was her favorite flower, and her raspberry patch. Those are my big memories. And then, so I have my raspberry patch, which I was actually building when she got really sick and was in at the end and so the raspberry patch is kind of in her memory and now i have the gladiolas and i just someday i think that my grandchildren will have those memories of me so that's really sweet that's that's where got all the flowers going and we're getting ready to go on a camping trip this week. We leave Tuesday night after I get off of work and we're going south down to, <sighs> starts with a K. <laughs>
0: Kodiak?
1: No. Kenai? No, it's it's a small little river. Oh my gosh, why can't I think of it? It's down by Kenai. Kasilof. Kasilof. Oh my gosh. Got it. So just south of South of Kenai to Kasilof. Mm. And we're gonna do John booked us on a float trip, drift boat trip. King salmon fishing. Mm. King salmon is the one I have not caught up here yet, so I'm a little excited about that. Although it's expensive and i don't eat yeah, salmon yeah so it's kind of dang it but um
0: are you saying hello <laughs> good morning listeners good morning listeners duke says
1: so we don't eat salmon megan does and my parents do but you know with the price of meat right now Maybe it'll go in the freezer salmon. and i'm gonna start eating more salmon so yeah that's where i'm at i'm excited to go camping my flowers are in. It's beautiful weather, <laughs> and I know you have a big story about this weekend. I do
0: have a big story about this week. How has your week been, Heather? Oh my gosh, you guys! I went to Seward, which is not new. I've been to Seward many times, but it's Quentin's first time going to Seward, and we went for the explicit purpose of going whale watching, and it was amazing. We went on the <laughs> Kenai Fjords tour, and it was like an eight-hour tour with um. They you know, stopped- there's a song like that, and a A show,
1: an eight hour tour. (laughs) But you came back, so that's good.
0: definitely came back.
1: And it was a three hour tour, but whatever. Okay. You have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Gilligan's Island.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I, I don't. Yes, okay. Some
1: of our listeners will know what
0: I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I'm old. I just don't know. Anyway, it was the Kenai Fjords Tour. And it's an eight-hour round-trip boat ride that encompasses Fox Island as well, where we would stop off for dinner. And if we had known what the weather was going to be like every single day this year, I don't think we could have picked a better day to mm, go. That's awesome. It was right around 70 degrees. On the water, uh huh. Even on the water, which is right. Okay, so there was a portion of the tour that takes you past this glacier, and that was obviously a lot colder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the most part, it was seventy degrees. The sun was shining, and the water was clear and which flat. Never happened. And flat and flat. The water was clear <laughs> and flat on the ocean. You guys, that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and that does not happen in Resurrection Bay with all of the shipping that mm-hmm. comes, that goes in and out of that port. That's not a thing that happens and the tour guide herself the captain of the boat talked a lot about just how rare it is to have those calm such calm waters and there were a lot of like ecological things that were on our play as well Um, There's been a failure to thrive of the plankton in the area, which is honestly not good. It's hurting the ecosystem quite a bit. Well, because that's the very bottom of the chain, but it supplies all the way up. And the whales Mm -hmm. feed on it Mm -hmm. and everything else feeds on the things that feed Feed on on it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So big deal, but it worked. I hate to say that it worked in our favor this day (laughs) because the the water water clarity Mm -hmm. was so good. You could see several, like over 10 feet below the surface which is not a thing Mm -hmm. in Alaska. It doesn't happen. But it happened on this day. We got to see several pods of orca whales. We got to see a couple of um, orca whale pods that, well, one orca whale pod that isn't in the area normally. Mm Mm-hmm and we got to see the male with like that six foot tall dorsal mm. fin sticking straight up and he would you could tell when he was coming close to the surface because that tip of that fin <laughs> would just come peeking out of the water. Oh, that's cool. We got cool. some amazing photos and videos of that and uh, I'm so glad if you guys ever go on a whale watching tour I always rent the binoculars that they mm-hmm. sell on the boat because I didn't bring my own and that was well worth it. There was this little cove that all of the orcas were going to to kind of feed. They were doing um, oh my gosh, I forget. I'm forgetting what it's called right now, but it's the practice that orca whales have where they'll scratch their bellies Mm -hmm. on the rocks of the shore Mm -hmm. to kind of exfoliate their skin, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, And they were doing that on this day, and it's very, very rare for the tourists to see that happen, and we got to see that happen. (laughs) So all of the whales were hanging out, they were hunting, and they were playing. They were playing in this little cove and doing that rubbing against uh-huh. the rocks, but I got to watch, like, these two younger orcas, and you could see them under the water with the binoculars. You could kind of see them pop up, and that's how you'd follow them. I could track them into this spot. Because of the white on their... You could see the white Mm -hmm. under the water
1: because the water was clear.
0: Right. And with the binoculars, you could see their whole shape Mm -hmm. because the sun was shining directly on them. Yeah. And you could watch their shape as they swam. That's cool. They stopped. There were these two orcas, and I was kind of watching them. And I don't think a lot of other people were because they were separated from, like, the main group. Mm -hmm. And they kind of went off into, like, their own area of the cove. And I just – it was this picturesque, like, private rocky beach there's no people in this mm-hmm. area, period. There's no houses. There's no civilization mm-hmm. at all. This is out in the islands. And there's nobody out here on these tiny, tiny islands. And this was in that sort of area way away from where the last roads end. Mm-hmm. And there's no airstrips. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. The only people that come out here are the people who drop bears out here who become a problem area. Right. Uh, <laughs> problem bears in the urban areas of Alaska. So not a, no civilization these orcas went to like this uh, beach Be- the sun was shining over the mountains and mm. And it came through and hit perfectly on this beach. And it the whole area was just illuminated. You could see a pollen in the water from all the trees. It was just like this yellow film Mm -hmm. that was just swirling and moving with the movement of the waves. And it was moving with the orcas would splash Mm -hmm. it around. And it was so cool. And I got to watch these two whales. And they kind of came up together on the surface and breached. And it was just like this beautiful image They went down under the water but stayed right on the surface. And they were, like, bumping into each other (laughs) with their noses. And one of them, like, flipped over onto his belly. And the other one was nuzzling against him. And, I mean, it was just... Flipped over on its back, you mean? Yeah, flipped over Mm -hmm. on its back with its belly up. And the other one was just kind of, like, checking him out (laughs) from below. And you could see the whole thing through the binoculars. And it it was gorgeous. The water was... I won't say crystal clear because all of the water down in Kenai has the blue, Blue, the bluest turquoise. It's so
1: pretty. It's It's my favorite color. It's It's from the minerals. It's from the minerals of the melting glaciers Mm -hmm. that accumulate in the water, and it just makes the water this Mm -hmm. blue-green, gorgeous color that you just don't you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, it is. You don't see it anywhere else in the world, Mm
0: -hmm. and you only understand it once you've seen it. But the water up here is a different, Mm -hmm. bright bright blue turquoise. The Kenai River is that color. Oh my god I love it's that. I love so it. Amazing. I love it. I can't mm-hmm. get enough. And uh, so we got to watch that happen in these beautiful blue waters. These striking blue waters with the pollen swirling around in the mountains in the sun. And it was it was something I will never forget. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Okay you might have just talked me into something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Well because on This week when we go camping, we're going to go down to Kenai, and then our tour is on Wednesday. Our float trip is on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and then uh, we're going down to Seward for a few days to go (laughs) fishing. Maybe I won't go fishing one day. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because I don't eat the fish anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And they have smaller tours. Mm -hmm. Um, The orcas are out right now. It is the best time to go because not only are the orcas out, the humpbacks are out too. Because you saw a couple of them as well, right? We saw a juvenile and an older adult, and it was really cool to watch the humpback back because they were doing the signature tail flip oh, and I, they so did cool. some amazing stuff we got to see so, I mean, you don't have to go on the eight hour tour to see these things. Mm-hmm. And the tour guides are really good about finding the animals. Well, because they talk to each other, too. They do. So yeah, they, and they there know. There were several times go. it was like one of the ships would be like, oh, we saw Orcas here. And then cash mm-hmm. the captain headed that way. So, um, and they show you some just really cool areas. There's like this spire cove mm-hmm. where there's like all these caves along the s- shoreline. And then there's these huge spires that come up out of the water mm-hmm. and starfish clinging to them. And oh, my god, We've it was gone something on a whale watching tour before.
1: You were at college. We took Trevor and Sam and out of Seward. But it was earlier in the spring, so it was before Mother's Day, and that's when the gray whales come up. Mm. And it was pretty cool. We saw gray whales, mm-hmm. but they aren't. They don't the gray whales are a little different because they just come up they don't breach or anything they come up they breathe mm-hmm. they go under and you can like oh, you look. just see a whale you <laughs> see the spout <laughs> from them breathing and you and it was cold and dreary and we didn't I mean we yeah. saw a couple of whales but it wasn't like that uh, I've seen it was a, the most amazing <laughs> experience <laughs> I've seen a humpback we were camping in Homer and mm-hmm. we were parked on the beach in our <laughs> RV wat, eat, drinking coffee and a humpback came up of to the top of the water and went back down. And mm-hmm. and we were talking about it to some people that lived right there. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's our local. He stays around pretty much year-round. <laughs> yes. But you get to see him quite frequently. I'm like, oh. So mm-hmm. we've seen him there, and we've seen um, – pil- or uh, bell bell porpoises that look like they look like orcas but they're little (laughs) and they swam right along the beach there in homer it was pretty cool and they were jumping and playing and we've seen them on the bow of our boat too when we've gone out on our whale watching trip, actually, mm-hmm. and but I would—I've never seen orcas. Oh my god, it was my, amazing to my watch. Parents That's have, my parents have high point. They went fishing out of Homer, and they had Trevor with them, and they were salmon fishing. But the water was rough. They were getting oh, ready no. to cut their lines and leave yeah. because the water was so rough. They were halibut fishing, uh-huh. and they just as they're getting ready to cut their lines, they're reeling in. They're trying to leave. The orcas
0: came up to the boat.
1: <laughs> we're chasing the lines, and it was a big thing but wow. i've never seen an orca
0: that's crazy mm-hmm. well it was it was something it was really something and there was something to be said about like you know i've <laughs> i don't know if you guys have watched the documentary blackfish on oh uh, my gosh netflix it's really good it's, it's kinda, really good it's it. In, i intense. won't say intense it kind of intense it's i don't know sad it's, it's a lot It pulls a lot of <laughs> it pulls emotions a lot of the heartstrings and mm-hmm. it's very interesting um but anyway it was an entirely different and amazing experience to be able to get into the environment where the animals are instead of seeing them in captivity in captivity, a, in captivity. Mm-hmm. it was entirely different and seeing them play in the way that they swim and the distances they swim just on a trip to go get some food or mm-hmm. go scratch up on a beaches it's like how can you justify having an animal like that in captivity where they can't where they're confined in a tank like mm-hmm. it's just it was kind of It wasn't, I don't know if I want to use eye-opening because I already knew about that and had those feelings, but it was something stronger to experience it, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're in their natural environment and able to play and watching them and they're just happy. And they're a family unit. They
1: aren't alone at all. They are a family unit. The movie Free Willy. uh, Right. Well, I was a little kid (laughs) when Free Willy came out, but he's in the tank crying and the whales are out in the ocean crying. Mm Oh my gosh that still just rips my heart out. Right. <laughs> it was he was crying for his family and right. they're crying for him and you can you can get that feeling of how close yeah. they are.
0: Right. And we got a couple of other really amazing experiences. There's this glacier, a tidal glacier, that literally calves off into Mm -hmm. the water, like you see in documentaries, nature documentaries. And we got to go out and see one, and it had some really cool ice formations on it. And as we were sitting there watching, it was active. It was the most active that the captain had ever seen it, Mm. Um, because it was just, like, calving off left and right. Like, every few minutes, you'd hear the sound. It sounds like thunder when these huge pieces of ice break off. And there was one that was... huge it caused the <laughs> boat to really rock and this is a massive tour boat this mm-hmm. is not a small like little dinghy or <laughs> right? anything. this is a big big boat i think there were 70 or some odd people on the tour maybe less i think mm-hmm. it was less our our group was small but it was uh it was crazy just crazy things to see and seeing those humpbacks and of course we saw everything too we saw seals and it was it was may is the perfect may and june are the perfect times mm-hmm. to go you get all the babies too mm-hmm. so we saw baby seals we saw baby otters we saw pair like mothers with their babies and mm. baby otters on their mother's stomachs <laughs> and we saw one of the friendliest otters who like came <laughs> up and was like trying to get close to the boat and he was just flipping one little foot trying to like <laughs> get close to the boat and showing off and it was it was something else it was unreal <laughs> that's so cool oh yeah I'm happy for you and like I said you might have changed (sighs) my plans for this week (laughs) (laughs) well with that I think we've kind of toned on for a little while so let's talk some murder with my mom I have a different kind of story for you. We've done some really, really heavy cases lately. And this one's in, this one's heavy in kind of a very different sense. So let's kind of get into it, okay? All right. On December 12th of 1967, there was a young mother named Jennifer Peterson. And she had to get some work done on her teeth. She's originally from Oregon. Uh, she met her husband, Tom... There and in they Oregon, have, yes. And they have three beautiful, beautiful babies. They've got a, a one year old son named Mark, and they have two twin girls who are named Carrie and Shelly. Mm-hmm. And they're the twins are three years old, so they're just little babies. And mm-hmm. It's just this really happy little family. And they um, had moved up to Alaska, and Jennifer needed some work done on her teeth. Apparently, her teeth were pretty bad, there had to be several extractions a lot of cavities filled, and some teeth that were borderline on whether Mm -hmm. or not they could be saved. So this was going to take about four hours, and she needed to be put under. And there's only one dentist in Alaska at the time. This is in 1967. Oh, okay. 1967, and there's only one dentist in Alaska at the time who can do it. Okay. And that dentist's name was Dr. Robert Smith. And the only doctor who could do it was this Dr robert smith so he's he's out of anchorage and he's operating his practice out of anchorage and she has to go there to get this work done and it's getting to the point where it's like okay i I really can't put this off anymore right she had been putting it off because she has like a fear of going to the dentist she she is it just makes her uncomfortable it makes her nervous and she was really nervous about Mm -hmm. this visit especially having to be put under but her husband reassures her it's it's gonna be okay people have this done all the time you're gonna be fine I'll be right here waiting when you get out and I'll be okay. So he drives her to the dentist's office and he gives her a kiss goodbye and he drops her off to have her procedure done. And then he heads back home. He's got to give the little baby, Mark, a bath. And he's just and waiting for the, the call to come get her. Right. And this, he dropped her off at, like, around, I think it was 8.30 or 9 in the morning. She was one of his first patients mm-hmm. of the day. And uh, so the hours kind of tick by, and he hasn't really heard anything. But it's a surgery, so it's right. not it takes some time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Noon rolls around, and he's like, hmm, I wonder if she's getting close to being done. So he checks his phone, and he realizes that uh, there's a little bit of... Uh, Misclarification, uh, unclear. He checks his phone, so he checks his he checks answering his, machine. Yeah. <laughs> of his home and phone. He figures out that it's not working properly. Mm. The home phone is malfunctioning. It is not receiving, able to receive calls. Oh no! And so he's like, "Oh crap! She's probably there waiting for me, right. and I just she hasn't been able to get a hold of me, and she's probably scared." And mm-hmm. I told of Zanesha, her I'd be there. I. Sucks. So he loads up all the kids really quick, and he run. He heads over to the dentist's office, and he gets there, and he's like, "I'm just gonna be there for a minute because she's probably done by now. I'm just gonna run in and grab her, and we'll leave." Leaves the kids in the car. So he leaves the kids in the car. It's the '60s. It's a different time. Yeah, absolutely. And this was just gonna be for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want to leave them in f- there for long at all. So he goes in and the receptionist tells him the doctor wants to talk to him. He's like, um, okay. Is uh, my wife ready to go? Is right. everything okay? And he's, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor just wants to talk. And so he's like, okay, um, I have to go get my kids. They're in the car. Because the receptionist mm-hmm. is like, it's going to be a minute. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to go get my kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he goes and gets the babies and he brings them in and the doctor calls him back into the office. The doctor then tells this young father Tom Peterson with three babies in tow Yes That his wife has died Of cardiac arrest On the dentist chair
1: Oh my gosh
0: Yep And he The doctor was a total ass about it too He said that um, <laughs> He said something that He said a lot of things He said that And then he told Tom He goes This just isn't a good time of year For stuff like this to happen what? And Tom is like, um, no time of year is a good time of year for this kind of thing to happen. What are you talking about? Like, where is my wife? Right. And he won't let him see him. She, he, she, the doctor says that you've got to wait and discuss that with the funeral home. What? All of this stuff. And the doctor is like, I have to go. I have other patients. What? Yeah. And this guy is just like. Like, has the body already been removed? I don't know. And I oh. couldn't find clarification on that, but that's what the doctor tells him. Oh, my gosh. And Tom has these three little babies that he has to, they're three and one. They don't understand. Uh-huh. And they're never going to, they're not going to understand for several more years. So he has to figure out something, some way to explain this. And he's just lost his wife and he has no one there for support. And he's lost and the dentist isn't answering questions. And it's awful. Mm. This is the worst day. Mm. And no one was expecting this. She was healthy. She was in her early 20s. She had no history of any issues with anything. She had been put under anesthesia before and had no problems. So mm. the only it- health issue she had ever had was high blood pressure when she was pregnant with the twins. Mm.
1: But that's and that it. But that was a previous pregnancy. They were three. She'd had yeah. another pregnancy since then.
0: Right. So she's very healthy. Oh, I'm shaking. That just... Yeah. Oh. That's that's a rough death notification. Mm-hmm. Every
1: That was not ethical. Do you know if they had tried to call and have him come in? I don't know. When he couldn't get phone calls?
0: Based on this guy, based we would on have a
1: dentist, I don't think he did. Right. He was just waiting for the guy to come pick up his wife oh my gosh yeah Hmm.
0: so that is probably the worst death notification i've ever heard of um there's probably (sighs) equally worse out there but that's awful that's the one that i've oh worst so yeah and then the kids had to see that being there he had to manage his emotions in front of his kids and try and figure out how he was going to deal with the situation not good
1: so he didn't see your body at the dentist's office no
0: he did not okay and even if he had, there wouldn't have been anything really obvious. Well, I know that, but at yeah. least, I mean... Let him it, grieve. Had they That's had, part of the grieving process. Had they had time
1: to have her taken to... Right, s- or I disconnected
0: mean, from the tubes or what.
1: Whatever. Right. There isn't even really tubes. At well, this. he put her,
0: he put her um, on the ventilator for the um, procedure. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, her body is eventually taken to the corners. I don't know exactly what time that happened yeah. if it was before the husband got there or not, but her body is taken to the corner,
1: and the doctor just keeps working on other patients like
0: oh, like well. this thing happened. The corner is working on the au- the his this autopsy, and uh in the meantime, the next day, there's a maintenance man from the office building mm-hmm. And he walks into the attorney general's office and he goes, You know, you probably, I don't know if you've heard about this death yet at this dentist's office, but uh, that is not his first death at the dentist's office, oh in this gosh. dental office. And I think you might want to look into this. And he was something. a maintenance guy at that office building? Yeah. Oh and my he's gosh. like, um, You guys might want to look into this a little bit more because this guy's lost more patients than a dentist should. Right. But a dentist shouldn't lose patience. Well, he's the only one performing
1: oral surgery, so I don't know. Well, yeah, they shouldn't be losing
0: patience. Something's be, wrong, right? Something is wrong with either the questions that they're asking mm-hmm. before this anesthesia, or mm-hmm. something's wrong. Or he doesn't. He's not an anesthesiologist. There's right. there are people
1: that are paid buku bucks to be anesthesiologists. Yeah, there are. So
0: that. Go to school for a long time to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. Then the coroner's report comes back, and the results of the first autopsy are that the death is from natural causes. Uh, Just happened to be under anesthesia in a dentist's chair. Right. A freak accident sort of health issue that came out of nowhere is what they're thinking. I don't know exactly what the official... Thing is that they're thinking cause the natural causes. I'm guessing that she had a heart attack. So this is is her cause
1: of death is natural causes. Yeah. What was her name? This is Jennifer Peterson. So this is Jennifer's cause of death. It was natural causes.
0: Yeah. So the DA kind of goes to the police, the Anchorage police department, and is like, um... I think you guys need to look into this. It's not really my job, but I, mm-hmm. I think you guys need to look into this um, because I just something just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. You just got a bad feeling gives it over to the police. The police have a second autopsy done. The second autopsy, a few days later, shows that she had actually died of an overdose of anesthesia. Shocking. Very different from Mm -hmm. natural Natural causes causes that was claimed in the first time. They found nothing wrong with her heart. She was in perfect health. It was the anesthesia that caused her death. Propofol? Right. (laughs) Well, it's, uh, I'll get into it. it. It's, um, Oh, say it in a minute. The police decide they're going to interview pretty much everyone that Doctor Smith has ever worked with in the entire time he's practiced. Like receptionists. Yep, other in doctors, the instructors. Okay. They want to look at his dentist mm-hmm. school records. They want to see what's going on exactly right? because they are able to uncover four other deaths under oh anesthesia gosh. by this dentist. There in Anchorage? was. Yes. Okay. Since he started practice in 1960. He started practice in, I think it was actually late 1959, I'm sorry, is when he opened his practice in Anchorage. I don't know a lot about his history if he had been working in other places. Or when he
1: graduated from
0: dental school. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, I tried to find this information. It was a long time ago, Mm -hmm. and all I have access to are the archives from the Anchorage Daily News, and a lot of them talked about the trial Mm -hmm. and not as many talked about like his life so there was a lot of focus on that and there was not a lot of they couldn't the media couldn't really report a whole lot on like his previous victims because i was able to find their names in one article Uh, but aside from that like they can't they couldn't really publicize that He wasn't tried in their deaths. Yes, exactly. And so there's not a lot of coverage there. Okay. I know that his first victim was a three year old in 1960, less than a year after he opened his practice. That three year old's name was Alan Loman, and Alan died from the same thing: this cardiac arrest during. Surgery, Surgery. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know if it's ever determined to be the cause of, like, an anesthetic overdose, but I'm guessing it is. It's a child. Childs are harder to dose. Children. Are- childs. Mm-hmm. Children are harder to dose than adults. And um, the anesthesia. There's reason anesthesiologist exists. Anesthesiologists exist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is to keep their patients safe and to understand the way that ana- anesthesia affects the body mm-hmm. of different types of patients. So, this three year old died mm. from cardiac arrest. You don't know if they you don't don't know were
1: autopsied, how well the autopsy went. Right. I, I mean, I her wish, first one I was wish natural I had causes. These
0: ads, I searched for two hours this morning. they didn't try him on those. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I searched for two hours this morning trying to find information about his other victims. I was able to find information about one, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> in 1961, he killed two people. Uh, There was a 33 year old woman whose name was either Terry Wells or Marlene Schofield. I know that the two victims killed in 1961 were Terry Wells and Marlene Schofield. I just don't know which Which one is which. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find their obituaries even. I was having a hard time. So that sucked. (laughs) There was a 33 year old woman and a 6 year old who had a a mental handicap as well. Uh, I'm not sure which one. I'm not sure what else that... That's just how was described. That's just how it was. Yeah. And it was 1960 something. So yeah. mm-hmm. so um, really awful. So now he's killed a three-year-old, a six-year-old, a 33-year-old. And then in 1963, two years later, he kills 40-year-old Elizabeth Phillips, from who is from Glen Allen. And her husband actually spoke a little bit about her death he says that he left Elizabeth in the waiting room and the waiting room was just full of people so mm-hmm. there wasn't really room for him to wait with her and it was around it was in the afternoon around 3 p.m. when he dropped her off and you're coming in from Glen Allen so you're doing your errands and running
1: around and getting yeah. your groceries and stuff in Anchorage right. while you have the chance so he's leaving her there in good hands while he goes and takes care of the yeah. rest of their business cuz you don't come to Anchorage every day when you're from Glen right. Allen
0: I think his plan was to wait until she got out of surgery to do those mm. things or he he had done them beforehand because he decides to wait at the dentist's office. Just in the car or something? Yes, in the car in the parking lot. I gotcha. About half an hour after the procedure has started, the nurse, the dental assistant runs out to his car and says, has she ever been sensitive to anesthesia? And he goes, no, she's never, she's had operations before I never had an adverse reaction. He's like, she's like, okay, thanks and leaves. And then 20 minutes later, comes running back out to the car and says, you need to come with me. The doctor needs to talk to you. And so he, she's running back into the office. Mm -hmm. And so he's running, following her. Like what the frick frick is happening Mm -hmm. as he gets there. He sees that they're still trying to resuscitate her. And the doctor tells her while he's doing CPR that she's had cardiac arrest tells the patient
1: who's died dead on the table
0: tells the The reception.
1: Oh, you said he told, told her.
0: Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. The doctor is doing CPR on the patient. He looks over to the husband who's just run into the room. And tells him that his wife has just suffered cardiac arrest on the table. So they get an ambulance there. I don't know why an ambulance wasn't already on the way. And the ambulance takes them. 40 minutes ago. Right. When they first came out and said, has she ever been sensitive? (laughs) Right. And then... The ambulance takes uh, And CPR in the
1: 60s looked a heck of a lot different than it does now.
0: That ambulance takes Elizabeth to the Air Force Base and the hospital on that base, um, on J-Bear. She was put in an iron lung machine to breathe for her, and she passed away at 5 a.m. the next morning. She never regained consciousness. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: So while the husband, Tom Peterson, Mm -hmm. the, the husband of this victim we just talked about. The babies. Yes, with the babies. mm mm-hmm. um, While he is burying the mother of his children, the police are trying to get a search warrant for the doctor's office. The police are trying to get a warrant for the doctor's office. A search warrant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're working on it. They're still, like, in the investigative phase. They're doing what they can, but they're like, okay, something is going on here because he's killed five people in seven years. So <laughs> that's not good. Mm-hmm eventually troopers are able to get a warrant and they head on over to the dentist's office to serve said warrant and this is why people have fear of dentists my right no kidding The investigators get to the dentist's office and the receptionist, they're, like, they go into the office and they're like, we have a search warrant. We need you guys to, like, stop what you're doing Mm -hmm. and give us whatever we need. Mm -hmm. And the receptionist is like, oh, you'll have to talk to the doctor, but he's busy right now, so you need to leave. no. And the, the, um, so they have, like, this window, like, in front of the reception area. And she goes to, like, close that window and slide the glass over. The detective, the investigator, (laughs) whose name was, uh, Dean Bevins, just puts his hand through, and then his face through, and then his head through, and he dives through this window <laughs> head first. Oh my gosh. And he unlocks like the door, door. into the mm-hmm. back room for the rest of the investigators <laughs> to come through. Like, uh, that's not the right answer that's lady. Like, I can't imagine. I'm just staring fast- this closed window. <laughs> she's it's just closing the window and this guy in full out like police gear <laughs> sticks his arm through and then starts just climbing through onto her camera. Computer onto her desk. The computer every- in the 60s. Oh, okay, so it, was, it was a pretty yeah. heavy-duty dinosaur, but still, <laughs> I can't imagine. That's crazy. That's crazy. So they climb through the window to serve the search warrant, and they end up confiscating. I mean, everybody's screaming. They've got the doctor screaming, the receptionist is screaming. and it's Probably pretty- the patient he's working on is like, Hey, <laughs> 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 well they were probably under anesthesia or uh, something who knows I hope not me too but um, it doesn't sound like there was a patient in the office it sounded like he was doing either paperwork or yeah. something like that there wasn't any mention of a patient gotcha. so I'd hope that would be mentioned because <laughs> they then confiscate the anesthesia equipment mm-hmm and a lot of the dental equipment as well. So if there's
1: a patient there, that's a problem and a health risk. Like, um, we need to finish those fillings because that's going to hurt. a <laughs> drill hanging out of a tooth or something. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. So they get all this stuff and they have now with, I don't think that there was a lot in the office that gave them a whole lot of evidence, except for maybe the files on the patients mm-hmm. that had died. I'm guessing. I'm guessing he just put a note in there. Right. Like, oh. Patient died. Patient died. Suffered cardiac arrest at, at such and such time. time. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Doesn't seem like he'd do very good soap notes.
0: <laughs> no, <it> doesn't. <laughs> so, I don't know exactly how good of a... How um, beneficial the search warrant was for them. But I do know that after it was served, they had enough to charge him. After the search warrant, they do have enough to charge him. And he is initially charged with manslaughter uh, in two cases. Mm. Not only Jennifer Peterson's, but also Elizabeth Phillips's. She's Um, the one that went into
1: the iron lung and
0: died the next day. Yes. So in both of those cases, both of the causes of death were cardiac arrest from an anesthesia overdose. Mm -hmm. And so they had what they needed to charge malpractice. Or sorry. Mm -hmm. um, Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Yes. I'm sure the patient families filed malpractice suits against him. Oh, they did. Okay. They definitely did. So, after those charges were filed and he gets arrested, he's arrested on a $1000 bail. So, he gets released that immediately, right? And then after that, the charges are changed actually from manslaughter to criminally negligent homicide, which is a lesser charge. The difference between the two, the only difference is the amount of awareness you have of the risks that you're taking so in manslaughter you cause a person's death by doing something that you know could have caused their death okay in criminally negligent homicide you're doing something that causes a death but you didn't know that it could possibly cause their death which to me manslaughter makes a lot more sense because he was he a doctor would have known he knows the risks
1: yeah. He You're known. doing a risky thing by putting people under anesthesia. There's a risk to every surgery.
0: Yes. Exactly. And they also charge him with assault and battery. They don't I think that he'll get brought up on those because they're thinking that the most applicable charge is criminal negligence and homicide, brought down from manslaughter for whatever reason. I think they should have gone with manslaughter, but I don't think it would have mattered ultimately too much. Anyway, so those are the charges against him. Um he's released on bond bond, but he's kind of, his license is suspended at the time while the trial is happening until he can make a decision. The dental board or the board of dentistry or whatever they're called for the state of Alaska is uh, very heavily involved in this trial because the trial's ruling is going to determine what happens to his licensing. Mm -hmm. But they can only affect the state of Alaska. Right. So if he were to get his license revoked, he could practice in any other state. Right. Yeah it would have to be like permanently revoked on like a large scale for him to not be able to practice dentistry anymore and they're not thinking that this is gonna happen oh jeez! look out world here it comes during the trial, the whole defense's argument is they're trying to, like, it's pretty obviously that she died. It's pretty obvious that she died of an anesthesia overdose. So they're mm-hmm. trying to convince the jury that this is, like, medical, underlying medical conditions. Mm-hmm. That this is, no way this could have been anticipated. It shouldn't have happened and it was a freak accident, is what the defense is going for. And the prosecution is just trying to convince the jury that he knew the risks <laughs> This is the fifth time it's happened to him, broken. but I'm guessing they weren't able to bring the other they can't. It's, a uh, what's it called? Um, it was, prejudicial? Uh, yes. Prejudicial information. So they can't talk about the previous cases. And he's just on trial for Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer and, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Okay. hmm Yes. Over the course of the trial, the full story of what happened to Jennifer comes out. I don't have the full story of what happened to Elizabeth, but I do on Jennifer's case. I'm gonna get mad, aren't I? <sighs> Yeah, you're gonna get, just prepare yourself. Jennifer comes into the office, she kisses her husband goodbye, is taken back to the exam room by the receptionist. The uh, dental assistant then comes in, asks about her health history, asks about her anesthesia history, Mm -hmm. asks about any medication complications or anything like that.
1: Usually gets blood pressure, weight.
0: She does take a blood pressure and gets some new x-rays. Then the doctor shows up, And he puts her out with two separate medications. There's an injection of Seconal. Sexonal. Sexonal. Well, it wasn't spelled like that. It was S-E-C-O-N-A-L, which is the brand name. So it's probably, that's the generic name. And Brevitol is the other brand name medication that was given to her.
1: Hang on just a second, because I bet they're generic now. I just want to know what they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Secondol is a
1: barbiturate.
0: And bravitol. Ethohexatol. Brevitol puts them to sleep, and secondol is the oh, Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's like propofol. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As Dr. Smith puts Jennifer out and under using those injections, he then hooks her up to a ventilator. So that involves putting a tube down her throat to breathe for her the ventilator mixes oxygen with anesthetic that's been vaporized okay so it's going there's additional anesthetic Mm -hmm. being pumped into her body continuously Continuously. through her lungs and it's being absorbed there in her lungs Mm -hmm. after he gets her all set up Another patient comes into the office at about ten o'clock. So he leaves her there, connected to the ventilator, and he goes and hooks up the second patient to the to a ventilator.
1: Oh, they're going under two. Uh huh. Oh my god. And they're going under
0: simultaneously. Two patients under at the same time. Reckless. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he doesn't have an anesthesiologist. Right. He's, He's doing, doing it, it himself. He prefers it that way is when mm-hmm. he tells everybody. I prefer to do it that way. That's how I've always done it. That's well, he doesn't want to do pay it. an anesthesiologist. So he – oh, this guy. He hooks up the other patient, and he comes back to Jennifer's room, and he realizes that her lips are blue. So she, – but she's she's breathing, and uh-huh, her heart is not beating, but not getting enough oxygen. So he unplugs the ventilator. He uses the ventilator's, like, oxygen vent. Mm-hmm to hook it up, supplemental oxygen to a little rubber inflatable bag you've seen on medical shows all the time. And he squeezes the bag. Yep, he squeezes the bag to push oxygen into our lungs. The problem is that the oxygen that is being pumped into the bag and therefore into our body also contains more anesthetic. Oh, my gosh. It's already been mixed with the vaporized anesthetic. So he's pumping more anesthetic into her body. It's taking care of the visible signs, the blue lips. That's what cyanotic Mm -hmm. means. So she has blue lips. It usually means that she is not getting enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. And then he, that is a complication associated with too much anesthetic. Mm -hmm. And that's why an anesthesiologist is there to monitor these things and make sure the appropriate dosage of medication is being administered. This dentist, who is not an anesthesiologist, has now overdosed her. And is continuing to pump more anesthetic into her body with every pump of this rubber bag, oh as he's breathing for right. her. He gets her to start breathing again, and and or gets the color to come back to her face. And he hugs her back up to the ventilator. So we're less than an hour into her surgery. Mm-hmm. Her husband
1: didn't show up for several hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep, and he's continuing to go back and forth and back between and forth the other between patients,
1: two patients. Because what happens when the other one's lips turn blue? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The other one, luckily, it sounds like, made it through okay. Oh,
1: yeah. It would have been a bigger deal had he had two die at the same time. Right,
0: right. Oh, my gosh. But he'll regularly do stuff like this and have patients back to this At the same time, this was not a concern for him. Mm-hmm. He gets her back to where she's, like, got color back into her face, and he's jumping back and forth. Jennifer gets blue lips again, and so he does the same thing. He unhooks her from the vent, he puts the oxygen... Mm -hmm. Quote-unquote, oxygen. oxygen With more anesthetic, and he pumps it up to the bag, and he pumps her up again, and the blue lips go away, but she's now given another big old dose of Um, anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back and works on the other patient for a bit and comes back, and it's happened again. The third time that she has has become cyanotic, that her lips have become blue, when he hooks up the bag and tries to use it to breathe for her, she then her heart stops beating. She goes into cardiac arrest. He never had her on an IV. So when he goes to inject the life-saving resuscitation medication, Like epinephrine or anything else. Epinephrine, Mm -hmm. right. He cannot access, he has no IV access. And her heart has stopped beating, which means there's no more blood flowing through her veins, which means her veins have collapsed. So there's no way he's going to be able to get an accurate injection into her veins.
1: Unless this is like a Pulp Fiction moment where they have the big 10-inch needle and
0: shove (laughs) it into into her heart. heart. (laughs) No, that did not happen. So he tries to inject her. He fails. He does not get it into her vein at all. So he has, and that's all the epinephrine he has on hand. One dose. One dose. So he has his dental assistant run to a medical office in the same building and buy more anesthetic. Or sorry, more epinephrine. more, More anesthesia. Oh, no. my God. No, no more anesthesia. No epinephrine. He, that doesn't take time at all. <laughs> no. So this whole time he's doing CPR on a dentist chair, which is not the appropriate Ideal. surface mm-hmm. to do CPR on, period. Because it's too soft. And it's you're not sure. able to get good chest compression. They're on the floor. Yep. What did CPR
1: look like in 1967?
0: Well, whatever it looked like, he did that he wrong, He did it wrong, <laughs> Um, he was not based on the bruises that were on her chest, on her body. They could tell he was not compressing her heart adequately at all. so he was doing it wrong mm-hmm. in the wrong place on her chest. And uh, by this point, it's been like several hours into the surgery, the, um, <laughs> the, res- the not receptionist. The nurse comes back with more in- with more. Ep- epinephrine. Not, is she a nurse or she a dental assistant? Dental assistant hygienist. Yeah, basically. He doesn't want to pay for the good people, mom. So he doesn't. And he has less qualified people do it. I'm not
1: saying dental hygienists no. or assistants are, they are there's nothing qualified. wrong.
0: They're qualified to do the job
1: that they're paid to do. They are this not is outside their scope of yes. practice Yes, is the issue.
0: And so she comes back, she has more drugs to help getting her st- heart to start beating again. And they're not working. Then the, he has his receptionist call a doctor who is in the building. There's a, like, medical practice not, in the building. Not, not an ambulance. 1, there probably a- wasn't 911, but <laughs> well, an ambulance. Not an ambulance, no hospital, no emergency physician. Nothing. A, he calls a family, family, practice. family practice physician who's in the same building, and the receptionist calls that doctor's receptionist and says, "Hey, um, probably where She just doctor, got the epinephrine. Right? If this mm-hmm. doctor has a minute, we need him over here. If he has a minute, the doctor's at lunch." <laughs> And so is like the medical assistant Mm -hmm. for that office. They're at lunch and the receptionist doesn't tell him it's emergency or anything like that. Just says, okay, we'll have him come over when he's back. He was probably sitting in his office eating lunch at his desk. Probably. We'll never know. About half an hour later.
1: He comes in.
0: About half hour later, the receptionist for the dentist's office calls the receptionist for the doctor's office of the end and says, Okay, this is actually an emergency. We do need him here as quickly as possible. Half an hour later. So then the doctor, it's Dr. Maxwell, comes over. And Dr. Maxwell comes into this scene. (laughs) Mm -hmm. my gosh there's probably medication all over the floor there's like things everywhere and And she's still in the chair chair. he tries to find a pulse and he can't her skin is cold and uh, he gets an echocardiogram from he, from his, his office, office and brings it over. No
1: heart rhythm. And
0: they cannot find a heart rhythm. And he says, okay, is it better for... <laughs> he looks at the dentist and he says, okay, is it better for your practice if she is pronounced here or at a hospital? And the dentist said, well, she died here. It's gotta be here. So he's like, she's... She's, She's gone. And he pronounces her dead. Mom's mad. Yeah. Mom is mad. And it wasn't long after that that the husband comes. My heart is broken for him and his family. Yeah. And to hear this come out, a trial, I can't imagine how devastating that would have been. I would have been a
1: sobbing heap in the corner,
0: like inconsolable. Yeah, I'd have at, to be removed trial. from the courtroom. Yep. Yep. No. That,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be a sobbing heap or it would just be tears of pure rage.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So um, she was pronounced dead officially at one forty-seven PM. And I think it was about two that the husband showed up. But she had been gone long before mm-hmm. that, before she was pronounced dead. <sighs> You're ready to get really, really, really mad. I'm going to get mad again. Oh, yeah. This isn't bad enough. The judge hears this. The jury hears this. The charge on the table is criminally negligent homicide, which has a max sentence of 10 years. Or sorry, a statute of limitations of 10 years. The max sentence is less than that. They... Find him not guilty on criminally negligent homicide charges and guilty of assault and battery. Dr. Maxwell, the one who came in Uh and pronounced her dead, he said that he was shocked by that. I mean, you can get assault and battery for touching a patient without their consent if you're a doctor. You can get assault and battery for giving uh, an IV site, just for poking them with a needle and not having their consent. This guy... Dr. Maxwell said that he, this patient was not properly informed of the risks of the surgery. She was not properly informed about the anesthesia. Mm -hmm. That's why they could get the assault. This went wrong. This went so wrong. Everything about it was wrong. No way that he should have just gotten assault and battery. Like that's the least thing. And he
1: was a witness to the moment. Right. And. His office was a witness he was to when they were showing up to get the epinephrine because they were yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and I just get the the feeling from this receptionist—the same receptionist that's sliding the window closed in front <laughs> yeah. of the cops. She she she's really running. Didn't. She's right. walking down to the office my like God. I'm going to get away from my desk for five minutes. Right, stretch my legs. Mm.
0: Oh, hey, we can we get some epinephrine from you? We're How out. much is it going to cost us? Right. Mm. <sighs> okay. So, after all of this, hearing all of this, the judge gives this man a six-month suspended sentence with no jail time and five years of probation. His dentistry license is suspended, only in the state of Alaska, for a grand total of five years before it is reinstated and he is able to practice for another I think it was like another few years before it was permanently revoked yep (laughs) when Dr. Smith was asked about why he didn't have an anesthesiologist and and some of his staff was asked this question as well the consensus was that he didn't want to have to pay them Mm -hmm. he did not want to have to pay them his goal was to make a million dollars and move out of Alaska as fast as possible that was his goal Wow. Like, from the time he opened his mm-hmm. practice, he wanted to make a million dollars and get out. Six. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the attorney general, a guy by the name of Edgar Boyko, said, quote, Smith will not practice medicine in Alaska anymore. Justice has been served. Justice has been served. Justice because has he been won't served, he says. For five years. Right. The judge, when asked, what the hell, why did this happen like this? The judge said that it was more important that we got him his license revoked. It's more important that we got him out of practice than it is that we actually imprison him because this guy isn't intentionally doing this. The the attitude was there's no harm. Mm Mm-hmm. It was an accident. It was a horrible, horrible accident. It was not. The amount of absolute blunders. And negligence. Yep. And then is when this nurse comes forward. And malpractice. Yeah. And then one of his prior nurses came forward. and that After the trial or during the trial? <laughs> this was to the media. This okay. was like... I don't know if it was during or after, but it was to the media. At some point, this whole storm was raging. Mm -hmm. And I found an article about what this nurse had to say. There was a previous... I don't even know if she was a nurse. No, sorry. She wasn't. She was an assistant. She was a dental assistant. She had never had any, like, formal training, Mm -hmm. but had had, like, informal training at the hands of the dentist. Mm -hmm. So, she was qualified. She'd worked in several dentist's offices before. This woman was a woman by the name of Tarwanda Stoller. She said that Dr. Smith's hygiene practices were non-existent. She said that often he would put patients under anesthesia and then eat his breakfast. And, like, he'd put, like, half-eaten donuts, like, on his on their chest. chest. Or his coffee. He'd set on their chest. While he was working on them? Yeah. Yeah. She said that there were... Um, she started to ask several questions, and she was pretty much told that she can either leave or be fired. Mm-hmm. Because she was asking the wrong kinds of questions. Like, um, hey, there was one patient who she is convinced... Dr. Smith broke his jaw during surgery and didn't tell anybody about it. And the mom called the doctor's office like a few days later, the dentist's office a few days later and said, hey, I think my kid's jaw is broken. What happened? And this woman, uh, Miss Stoller, is like, I know she broke that kid's jaw in surgery. I know it. Mm-hmm. Between the like devices used mm-hmm. and everything, it's not. And the pressure and the whatever he was doing, do, but mm-hmm. he broke their jaw.
1: There was another patient who started. So the mom called and said, "Hey, I think you broke my kid's jaw." What was the doctor's response?
0: I don't know what the um, doctor's response is because uh, Tarwanta Dollar was not in the room. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell us. So I don't know. But um, <laughs> there were thirty-six patients who had fallen incredibly ill. After being put under anesthesia, well, he's probably office. going from patient to patient and
1: like using the same tools would be my guess. Like mm, if he's right. got two under at the same time right. and he's going back and forth, he's like got this drill in his hand mm-hmm. and he walks over. Or, yeah, or I wouldn't the be or the, surprised. <laughs> right? Honestly,
0: there was a person who got like hepatitis from mm. his office. There was some people who got just really, really ill. Either from the results of too much anesthesia or from your grandmother on your dad's side.
1: Yeah. Who has passed many years ago. You were a baby. Right. She got hepatitis from a dentist office. Oh, my God. She had to have a liver transplant. And she was one of the very first. She was like one of seven, like the oh, first yeah. seven liver transplant recipients. about that. Yeah, I yeah. gave it to you not that long ago. But she, she had, she was in Washington. She had to fly Concorde jet to California once they <sighs> had a donor for her. Mm-hmm. And, it, but in the meantime, and they're prepping her and getting her ready to go down, so at a moment's notice she could be down there for surgery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the nurse's assistant somebody told her that she needed to have all of her teeth removed for the surgery for whatever reason she had to have all of her teeth removed so not only did she get hepatitis from a dentist she had to go back to a dentist to have all of her teeth pulled oh my god she gets down to california it's all here it's healing by this point she gets she gets down for surgery and they're like what happened to your teeth (laughs) well somebody told me i had to get them pulled like no
0: you oh didn't. my god
1: <gasps> yeah
0: did this guy go to california after <laughs> i know
1: i know oh my god so wow. just a side note <laughs> It you know that was unfortunately it happens right that was shouldn't. probably in the
0: eighties when your grandmother got that so not only so are, somebody got hepatitis all of these people are getting ill like left and right whether it's from there were several lawsuits about people who had fallen ill um, after having one of her procedures there was a patient this was one of Tarwanda's patients mm-hmm. she had been there like through the whole thing he started seizing on the table like halfway through surgery the doctor climbed up. On his body, holding him down, and continued performing oral surgery while the guy was seizing? while he was seizing, and the patient, it was an eleven-year-old kid. Oh my gosh, an eleven-year-old kid history of seizures. I don't know, but or I know that Tarwanda on. said she had never been more worried about a patient like ever. <sighs> Heartbreaking. Yeah. And uh, she watched this guy just get battered by this dentist while he's having a seizure. Oh. And it lasted a long time, like, probably longer than a seizure should. She, she said an exact time, but I didn't write it down. Uh-huh. But it was... A long seizure. A long one. And he just but climbed Can we use up. some Ativan or something and get the seizure No, over? I'm just going to climb on top of him
1: and... Well, I'm uh, sure he probably didn't have it in his emergency kit. No.
0: There were patients, she said she would be really worried about patients because they'd leave not looking quite right. They'd leave, like, looking stoned or or just looking really disoriented, looking really drunk, like, having memory and concentration issues. And she's like, I really don't know if they're okay. Which can happen
1: with anesthesia and the medications afterwards. You can... I mean, you see YouTube videos all the Um, time of people
0: coming out of anesthesia (laughs) from the dentist. yeah, removals and things. But... With his history, it's like right. a little, uh, right. a little weird. She said this was nothing like any other dentist over office she had ever worked in. Mm-hmm. Between the practices and everything, the patients weren't told when something bad would happen. The seizure kid wasn't told he had had a seizure. Mm. nobody was told not his not his parents either wow and they of course weren't told about the fact that he was climbing on top of patients or that he was o- operating on multiple patients at one time or that there was, he was no eating his, his lunch on their chest that he was eating lunch on their chest yeah but this guy this wow. guy gets caught charged with criminally n- negligent homicide and then doesn't even get convicted of it wow. fantastic yeah very that you guys i mean he i i don't want to Forget about the five people that he did kill. I have a question.
1: Yeah. You said that his license was suspended. Yeah. But then it was reinstated. Or did they I, there's sus- a They little, permanently <laughs> revoke
0: it? There's a little bit of confusion. I know it was permanently revoked in 1979. I know that his trial happened, I think it started in 77. And I know it was suspended bended in 19 um, 67 i don't know exactly what the time was on the license suspension I think it was reinstated because it could only be suspended for five years and it was suspended from like I think it was 68 because she died in Mm -hmm. December of 67 so Mm -hmm. it was suspended during the investigation in 68 and then um, like once the investigation really filed up and there were charges brought against him that was suspended and then I don't know what happened between 68 and 79 but I know he could only have it suspended for five years and then it was permanently revoked in 79 so i don't know on that one i tried to figure it out and find some clarification but there were some differing reports and there was some legalese (laughs) and you don't know if he went out of state and practiced it doesn't appear that he did, but it doesn't appear that he did. So yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. And it's a I can't pretty say. common name to try to look up licensing right. in another state. Exactly. States. I was
0: running into that issue as well, and the fact that it happened so long ago, the only mm-hmm. newspapers I could find that had any coverage of it were all archived. Mm-hmm. Research was a little tough, and I'll admit fully to that. You'll have all of the sources down below, mm-hmm. as always. But I mean, he killed two kids under ten. The injured countless others. Mm-hmm. And he killed three other people in addition to that. I mean, this is, this is rough. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe he didn't serve a single day in jail.
1: Had the jury known about the other deaths, he may have. Or mm-hmm. had they investigated him sooner. Right. If there had been more. Or more investigation on the previous deaths. But I'm sure, you know, there's right. cremation and everything else. And if the autopsies weren't looking for it mm-hmm. and nobody was raising the flag until the maintenance man at the (laughs) dental office calls up the da
0: right exactly what if he hadn't called i think he walked there on a lunch breaker after work or something i was like hey no he came into his office is what the uh, book said wow good case Heather. yeah good job intense definitely intense definitely begs the question of like how responsible do is we the doctor? hold our doctors mm-hmm. you know and you know they tell you i was told i did some training in emt work for a mm-hmm. while uh just some training it never really went anywhere but it was very interesting to learn i learned mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> we're told we were told like from the first day about consent Sentiment. and about how important that is and <laughs> our instructor was kind of trying to scare us he was like i've heard of people who have gone to jail for not going over consent properly for mm-hmm. not telling their patients exactly what they're doing every single thing that they're doing mm-hmm. there was a even if you're trying to help them like that i think there was a doctor who was or an emt or something who was put in jail for th- this is a story they told us i don't know any names or mm-hmm. dates or how <laughs> true it right. is but we were told that there was this emt who was put in jail because he put a cast on a person without their consent or put a splint not even a cast a, a splint on it on his, this person without their consent, and they had like a very obviously broken leg.
1: Uh-huh. Well, so <laughs> I know that there's also a Good Samaritan laws, but that's after the person is. Yeah, that out.
0: only applies to people who are not <laughs> able to give consent. Well, no, Good Samaritan laws only apply. To people who are not in the healthcare professions, oh, it can be. You can still be in the healthcare profession. Well, if, if I not, walk by, okay, if, if you're you not did. in the, duty. but I mean, if you are not in, if you are not in the working, if you are not mm-hmm. earning money for helping people, you cannot if I, rely on Good Samaritan laws.
1: I could if I can if I'm not on the clock, right? If you're yes. not on the clock, that's what I'm
0: saying. Yes. If you have to be being paid, yeah. to be there in order for Good Samaritan laws to not apply. Yep. But this guy was, in a and there is the a thing. So of I mean. Him, Consent when they are unconscious, when unconscious or unable. Yes,
1: there is that. Yes, so even giving vaccines, the I ask <laughs> I, every time I ask two questions. The first one is, have you ever passed out giving blood or getting a shot? Yeah, and the other one is, have you ever needed an an EpiPen for any allergic reaction ever? Mm-hmm. Depends, you know that constitutes what happens after the yeah. shot. But then it's like, and if you were to have any of these, am I do you Allowed give me consent to, to treat you. you? And I have to check a box on the form that says that I got consent right. and they're like, Well what if I said no? I said, Well I'd wait till you passed out and then I'd work on you anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I don't think she was even given that about like do i have permission to try and save you because mm-hmm. that was a big point in the trial was like he didn't have permission explicit permission from her to work on her like in the event that she had complications
1: well wow. that would be the assault part because he yeah. was treating her but yep. it, but the, it should also take into account that he wasn't treating her properly yeah, if you're doing right, it you by have to do it right. standard operating procedures or yeah. buy the book for how to resuscitate somebody when this <laughs> happens or this happens, right. then there should be some medium of of coverage of not being malpractice, not being assault mm-hmm. if you're following some
0: sort of. Practice guidelines, right? Which I mean, this guy—I think he thought he was resuscitating her properly, but he made so many mistakes in the process of it. It's like the wasn't even—it didn't even help. You know what I mean? Oh, that's that's quite the argument Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite a case yeah so i hope that we gave you something to think about today (laughs) nothing else yeah don't be afraid to go to your dentist (laughs) Uh, question mark (laughs) make sure you're vetting your medical medical professionals i guess (laughs) guess. (laughs) oh my god wow anyway i hate excited we thank you guys for listening And we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate and review us
1: on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Don't forget to check out our Patreon
0: page. And um, we've had some really sweet feedback lately and just mm -hmm. really kind. We got a new patron recently and she's just the bomb i mean shout out to lorinda shout out to all our patrons (laughs) we love you guys Uh, but yeah it starts out at five dollars a month and you get two extra bonus episodes per month i mean we give a full length episode from a different country usually um but they're all about cases that you probably haven't heard of and they're full length they're covered by me just like these and uh there's a bunch in our back catalog right now so go and take a listen and um we also do once a month an Alaskana episode where we talk about some events and circumstances and things that are uniquely Alaskan. We talk that, that about aren't that for crime a little while. related, and it's yeah, it's fun a little and light-hearted and we get to be ourselves a little bit more and right. laugh a little bit. And yes, yeah, I think that uh, crime junkie calls them palate cleansers, and <laughs> that's kind of what this is. It's sort yeah. of an Alaskan palate cleanser. So, if you're interested in that at all, go ahead and check us out. Links are all in the description below, and. We We hope you have an excellent week. We hope that you soak up some of that sunshine. And vitamin D. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Have a great week, guys. Bye.